If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. refer to this episode as Catch-22. We'll get caught up with a former softball standout who is blazing new trails in firefighting. We'll also get caught up with two Ripley pole vaulters who are raising the bar. And we'll sit down with a Ripley graduate playing on the college level and also a Viking baseball Hall of Famer who was once a Jamestown jammer. Clearly, we've got some catching up to do in episode 22. Let's get started with softball. Cindy Bonham went from Ripley High to play at UNC Charlotte. She's still in Carolina, but now with the city's fire department. Our guest on Viking 360 today is Lady Viking softball standout Cindy Bonham, who graduated from Ripley High with a class of uh, 87. Cindy, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. I know that the uh, Bonham family was long involved uh, in the softball program at Ripley. Uh, what are your rec- recollections about that? Uh, well, my mom always traveled uh, with the team and kept score, uh, kept the book, and uh, she loved it so much that uh, I think she continued to do it for several years after I left. And you, the, the Lady Vikings had a... Um, Outstanding record uh, during your tenure there. Well, they've always had outstanding softball records, but uh, made it to the regional finals one year. And in um, 87, you were telling me that we made it to the final four at the state tournament. Right. Um, softball started there my freshman year. Um, so that was a pretty big accomplishment uh, to do that in four years. My junior year, we did make it to the regional finals and then uh, the state finals my senior year. And are you uh, still a little bit bitter about losing in the state finals? Yeah, I still remember that was Milton uh, being competitive. I still have heartburn over that. (laughs) And after your high school career, uh, you continued playing softball at UNC Charlotte. What uh, was the basis behind your decision to attend UNC Charlotte? Um... You know, I wanted to make it online my junior year, and I don't regret doing that. Uh, Charlotte, you know, everybody drives through Charlotte going to the beach. Um, it was warmer. Uh, it was, uh, there was less snow. And uh, I remember I visited Ohio State one weekend, and my mom and I literally watched a game in the snow, and the next weekend we came to Charlotte, and I got sunburned, and this was like February, so... That had a big deal, uh, had a big uh, impact on that decision, uh, but I've never regarded it. And Cindy, some people, when they go away to college, they actually stay for four, maybe five years or a few more. But you made a career out of staying in the Charlotte area, and you became involved with the fire protection in the city. Uh, Tell us about that. I did. um, You know, being a firefighter wasn't something I grew up wanting to do. I actually wanted to be a doctor. but uh, I had a couple friends that were a little older than me that got on the Charlotte Fire Department 
and um, I would go do uh, ride along at the station or go play basketball there, take a group of girls to the station and play basketball and you know, started looking around like, you guys are having a lot of fun and only working 10 days a month, you know, and they're like, you should come ride with us. And uh, that first ride on the fire truck, I was like, I got to do this. Um, and then on a serious side, you know, I was in a car accident in 91 and broke my neck. So I remember what the firefighters did for me then, and I just wanted to have that, have the uh, possibility of having that impact on someone else. And speaking of impact, um, you were involved in a uh, cancer program there with the fire department. Tell us about that. Right. So um, the position prior to my current position as deputy chief was the health and safety officer. And uh, one of the first things I wanted to do was create a cancer task force because cancer has become uh, almost an epidemic uh, with firefighters. Uh, we're... Uh, Tom's twice as likely to get cancer than the regular population. So uh, it was good timing. I created a relationship with Levine Cancer Institute in Charlotte, and uh, we're on track to start a study on uh, firefighters and lung cancer coming up in the next couple months. And Charlotte is a city of uh, about a million people, and there are a few women uh, in the fire department there, but you have been uh, sort of a, a leader there in that you were the first uh, woman to become the deputy chief of the department. Uh, that had to be quite a proud moment. It, it was. Uh, I never, being a deputy chief was always kind of a career goal, but I never thought I'd be the first female. Uh, there were... Uh, plenty of good females ahead of me that uh, made my life a little bit easier. Uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of learning that I'm kind of a torchbearer in uh, that sense. Excellent. And Cindy, thank you so much for talking with us today. Good luck with your career down in Charlotte. Thank you very much. Rube, the softball season is starting to wind down with the Vikings sitting at 15 and 6. And Coach uh, Ken Swisher and his team will be in a tournament down in St. Albans this weekend, weather permitting. Setting school records is almost becoming routine for the Viking track team. Mike Rubin sits down with two pole vaulters who are reaching new heights. Our guest on the Viking 360, or we have a dual guest uh, today. We're talking with uh, senior Olivia Miller, talking about the uh, being on the Ripley track team along with uh, senior Evan King. And both of these uh, competitors recently set school records. So let's start by talking with you, Olivia. Uh, tell us about uh, how long you've been in track and what events that you're in. Um, I've been doing track since I was in seventh grade and I started off sprinting and doing high jump. And then my freshman year I ran hurdles and high jump as well and I was in a bunch of relays and we set two records my freshman year. It's the shuttle record and the four by one record. And then I broke my leg my sophomore year, so I wasn't able. I was out that season, and I came back my junior year and I high jumped and pole vaulted, and I won states in the high jump. And last year was my first year pole vaulting, and I got second in the state for that. And then this year, I am ranked number one in the state right now. Beat the school record in high, uh, pole vault, and yeah, and I'm at five two in high jump, so I'm ranked third in that right now. And and tell me what the record is now in the pole vault and who had the previous record? Um, I have the record now at 10-6 and the previous record was by Savannah Whiting and Maddie Randolph and the pole vault record was at 10 foot. And so 
you haven't been pole vaulting all that long, but apparently this is something you took to rather easily. Yeah, like I started last year, so it's my second year this year. All right, and uh, you're about ready to graduate, and tell mm -hmm. us about your plans uh, after after graduation. I uh, plan to attend West Liberty to do dental hygiene. I'm going to be doing acro and tumbling and track as well. Excellent. Thank okay. you very much. Kevin, it's your turn, and uh, tell us uh, about how, uh, what was your indoctrination to pole vaulting? How long have you been doing this? Uh, this is my third year. I started sophomore year uh, just doing pole vault. And what what, is, what does it take to be a good pole vaulter? Uh, well, you got to have a good work ethic, and you always got to work hard. You got to keep your mind in it because that's a big factor. And you, there's a lot of physical things that have you got to do perfectly every time to get over a bar. And uh, tell us about you set a record. Also, what what is the record, and what was the old record by whom? Uh, I set it at 14.6, and then uh, four years ago, Zane Griffith set it at 14.1. And Evan, when most people hear your name, they probably think more of football. Uh, but you have some plans post-graduation. It may involve uh, Glenville State College. Just tell us what the what the possibilities are for you as we speak. Uh, I could go to Glenville and be a DCAT, which is 10 events, and uh, or I could go into the welding apprenticeship. And when we when will you make that decision? You have uh, a little bit of time, I guess. Yeah, I have. Um, I don't know when I'm going to make that decision. Very good. All right, we've been talking with Evan King and Olivia Miller on the Seniors on the Viking Track Team, new record holders. Thank you very much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Noticed uh, during the interview that Evan uh, happens to be on, on crutches uh, right now. He's nursing a quad injury, but he hopes that will heal soon, and he'll be ready come the regional and, and state uh, track meet time. Unfortunately for Evan, I don't imagine he will be able to compete uh, at the Harry Green Invitational in Bridgeport this weekend. This Viking has had success on the baseball diamond on all levels. He continues that trend in the college town of Philippi. We're talking today with Lane Casto. He is a sophomore on the baseball team at uh, Alderson Broadus. Lane, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Lane, you had uh, not your typical uh, Little League career. It included two state championships. What are some of your memories of uh, playing Little League ball there in Ripley? Uh, I just remember we were all about having fun, but when we took a field, it was also about taking care of business. Like We knew we were a really good team. We really accomplished a lot of things. And I remember... My nine and ten year old year, everyone really uh, counted us out that year. We were always uh, coming from behind, winning games, and I, I think they ended up calling us the comeback kids once we got to the state tournament. And I remember, I think it was just about every game we came back and won. And uh, the state championship game, I believe, was seventeen to fifteen final score. <laughs> And Lane, you also uh, won quite a bit on on the high school level. You're during your career with the Vikings. You were not only a four year letterman, but you had uh, three sectional uh, titles uh, under your belt, and, and uh, went to the regional as well. So, uh, what do you remember about your days in the blue and white at Ripley? Um, I just know we did it the right way. 
had good coaches. We were always ready to play. Um, and the big thing was our high school team was we were, we were basically a family. Like we wanted to be around each other all the time. Especially like once I got older, like we always wanted to be around each other. Loved going to the field, just practicing, playing. We just loved each other. It was awesome. And Lane, you chose AB, and obviously that was a pretty good choice uh, for you because you have been able to contribute a, a great deal on the collegiate level up there. Uh, yeah, I chose AB because I wasn't really highly recruited out of high school, and AB to me just showed the most interest interest in me. Like from the get go, they wanted me, and I just felt like it was the right fit. And I've gelled great with these guys, these coaches. It's an awesome experience. And is there a little bit of friction there, perhaps, because your father, John, uh, who also played, uh, he was a second baseman at Ripley and played uh, at the college level at Davis and Elkins, which is somewhat a, a rival of AB. Uh, there's a little bit of friction, but mostly uh, I think Dad's mad at D&E because they didn't recruit me, really. So do you have any extra incentive on, on his behalf? I definitely want to play good against them, always. I think he's slowly becoming a battler, no longer a senator. <laughs> Lane, I was looking at the stat sheet in the, as of the most recent statistics, still hitting over 300, five doubles and 17 RBI. Um, is it is it um, is hitting on the college level much different from from hitting on the high school level? Uh, it definitely is different. Like the guys you're going to face were all your number ones and number twos for high school teams. So every day you're going to see some good pitching. And uh, you were telling me that you've had a little bit of a an injury um, problem now, but how's the season going up there for the Battlers? Uh, right now it's going pretty well. We just we just beat Fairmont last night, eleven inning. Um, we got two big weekends coming up. We need to probably win those to make the conference tournament. We're around five hundred right now with with our conference schedule. And Lane, um, tell us about your major and and what what you see down the road for for Lane Casto. Um. Well, right now, I'm, I'm majoring in accounting, and I think the goal in the end is to get my CPA, maybe open up my own firm. Just a pen. Excellent. But I think that's, that's the ultimate goal, is get the CPA. That'll open up a lot of doors for me. No doubt about it. Lane, thank you so much for spending time with us. Good luck for the rest of the season, and, and go Battlers. Thank you, Rube. Let's go Big Blue. Currently a member of the Viking coaching staff, he's been on the state tournament as a player and coach and the World Series as a college pitcher, and he was among the fortunate few Ripley High grads who have played professional baseball. We're talking with one of the few Ripley High School baseball players, as rich as the Viking baseball tradition is, but one of the few that not only went on and played uh, college ball uh, for four years, but also played professional ball. We're here with Frankie Cummings. Coach Cummings, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. 
Frankie, let's talk about the early part of your career. And we talked about some players, baseball just comes to naturally, and some players, they have to work at it. And I think you would consider yourself a player who had to work at it in order to improve. Yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of God-given talent as far as just, you know, roll out of bed and just, you know, was a good player. I had to work at it. And, uh, you know, my parents, they – they kind of instilled that in me, you know, whatever you're going to do, you try to do it the best you can. And, you know, Dad was a boxing coach, and I used to box when I was little, and then I gave that up, and uh, he told me he didn't care what sport I played, but whatever I did, I had to try to be as good as I could be at it. You know, everybody's got a ceiling, and he wanted me to reach my ceiling, no matter, you know, everybody's, some people's ceiling's higher than others, but... He, uh, he wanted me to work as hard as I possibly could to see how far I could go, whatever I wanted to do. Well, Frankie, I think you had a pretty high ceiling when it comes uh, to baseball. What are your thoughts about being in the Viking baseball program as a player? I know we had some outstanding teams uh, during your era, uh, and uh, you were known not only as a, uh, as a powerful uh, offensive threat at the plate, but one of the uh, best uh, pitchers in the history of this program as well. Well, uh, as far as playing goes, you know, I was, we were surrounded in those days by just a, a bunch of other good ball players. I mean, it was a, it was a lot of fun. We went to three state tournaments, and uh, a lot of the reason I come back and I'm coaching is because I would like to see these kids get a – experience that it was a lot of fun it was a lot of buzz around the school in those days uh, I remember going to those state tournaments and there was the fan base was uh, was uh, you know whole town of Ripley it seemed like they were there and uh, it's just a good time and very uh, a lot of these kids you know I just wish they could experience that's why we uh, that's why we work so hard you know when I first came back to coach uh, coach I got done playing uh, ball and I got a medical release and uh, uh, I was kind of bummed out about it. Coach Swisher asked me if I'd be interested in coming back to coach and uh, I did but I was kind of coaching because I wished I could still play and I coached a few years and I gave it up and then when Coach Casto got the job he asked me if I'd help him and I came back and uh, this time around I've always felt like I'm a little bit more effective because I'm really trying to help these kids get reach their goals. Frankie, you had the opportunity to play at West Virginia State, and I know that you played for a coach that you have tremendous respect for, uh, the legend, uh, Cal Bailey. What was it like to be a player, a uh, pitcher, uh, under his program? Well, he you know, he treated me with a lot of respect. You know, there was a lot of guys down there that, uh, you know, he, he really butted heads with, but I went down there, and I mean, it was just, everything was wonderful. I mean, uh, I was all ears, you know, I wanted to listen, I trusted him, I, I knew he knew what he was doing, and uh, every day I went to practice uh, hoping he would help me be better uh, as a baseball player, and uh, it was a lot of fun there too. I think we won three conference championships and went to the College World Series, and uh, uh, the 1999 team was a, was a special team, and uh, as far as any team I've ever been a part of, that group of guys, I've, I've never been a part of anything that had that many guys with the same goal and not really worried about anything but winning. And, uh, you know, uh, I just uh, I made the right choice going to Western State for me personally. 
you know, probably if it wasn't for Cal Bailey taking me and uh, letting me play for him, I don't get an education. And, uh, you know, I owe him a lot. Frankie, uh, you had the opportunity to move on to the next level as well. What was it like to have the Atlanta Braves in your home uh, signing you on that contract that day? Well, uh, it's kind of, you know, unbelievable. I, Kind of the draft came and went, and I was bummed out because I didn't get drafted. And uh, I've had so many scouts tell me, you know, they turned me in from a 10 round to 20 round draft pick and different things like that. So I thought for sure I was getting drafted, and it didn't happen. And uh, a day or so went by, and uh, at 7:30 in the morning, a, a phone call come to mom and dad's house, and uh, uh, it. When you answer the phone and they say, you know, this is so-and-so scout from the Atlanta Braves, I mean, it kind of takes your breath a little bit, but uh, it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, my dad and my grandpa and my mom, and they, it was really f just for me being able to see their faces. I mean, they were happy, you know. That's uh, great. We'd worked so hard. Me and dad had uh, spent a lot of time, you know, Frankie, uh, you spent in pro ball, you spent some time in Florida, but then, as I recall, you spent the bulk of the season with a team in New York State known as the Jamestown Jammers. So what was it like to play, I believe that was in the New York Penn League? Yes, uh, I was in rookie league in Florida for a few weeks, and then they sent me up to, uh, up to the New York Penn League, up to short season A with the... Jamestown Jammers, and uh, I tell you, I learned real quick, you know, rookie leg, it was, uh, the hitters would still kind of get themselves out a little bit if you just threw strikes, and I go up there to the New York pin leg, and you had to set stuff up, like if you got two strikes on them, and you just tried to throw something, you know, on the block, on the plate, just to get them out, they'd still single it, and they'd two strike hit and hit a single, you had to, you had to set up your out pitch, and it took me a while to figure that out, and uh, it was a lot better hitting leg. Uh, uh, it was pretty neat because you travel all over New England, and um, you know you're playing with players from everywhere. It's just anybody that experiences pro ball, a lot of it is just learning how to, to, to get along with uh, people from all regions of a well, all over South America, America, and, and we had uh, we even had a player in single A from Australia. And then uh, you had developed, as so many uh, young pitchers do, you developed some arm problems and, and uh, that kind of put them into to pro ball. Yeah, like I didn't even understand totally what was wrong back then. I got a blood clot in my shoulder and uh, your subclavian vein runs, from the way I understand it, in between your first rib and your collarbone. And there's an abnormality that happens in there. It's real rare and your subclavian vein gets uh, damaged from pushing up against your collarbone is the way they explained it to me and my vein had collapsed and I got a blood clot well uh, I think I spent a total of seven days in the hospital it took them took them four days to get rid of the clot and they done they had to do balloon surgery and try to pick the vein back up and then I spent six months on blood thinner and they went back in and checked it out but from everything I've been told nowadays, they there's guys going in, they're taking their first rib out to alleviate the uh, the, the pressure, you know, in there. And guys are getting to continue their career, but 
if that was known to do back then, uh, I didn't know about it, and they didn't offer it, you know. All right. Frankie, thank you so much for what you do with the yeah. Viking program as our uh, pitching coach, and uh, thank you for your contributions to the program. I appreciate it. And uh, we're talking with Viking Baseball Hall of Famer Frankie Cummings. Thank you. Well, you know, Brian, that uh, two other uh, former Viking players uh, saw some professional action. I know that uh, Morgan Clendenin was in the organization of the uh, Baltimore Orioles, and uh, Josh Whitlock was in the Chicago uh, Cubs minor league system. In Rube, uh, 10 and 8, the Vikings sit right now as the regular season winds down with Parkersburg, Ravenswood, and Hurricane looming uh, in the immediate future for the Vikings. And I know, as we've talked, Many times the regular season is not the end result for them, uh, but it certainly will help them build toward the postseason coming up in May. Thanks for watching the Viking 60s. We'll see you around.